Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So today I'm super excited to reconnect with Crystal Trevers, who I met at the Boiling Point podcast seminar back in January, I think it was, was still winter before COVID. And I think we, we actually spent the last five minutes connecting on a street corner. It was so cool. It's like, oh, wait, we need to go back to our cars, but we'll talk again, I'm sure. So here we are. Thank you so much for saying yes. You're very welcome. It's nice to reconnect. So, Crystal, tell us all about you. Tell us what you do. Tell us whatever you'd like to share with us so that we can get to know you better. Sure. Well, I, I am a business owner, and had I identify as being a scientist and a business owner. So, my company is called StepScan Technologies, and basically, it's technology that measures how people walk, and if you think about why would you want to measure how somebody walks. It's mainly for medical purposes, rehabilitation. So if you think of anybody that has a mobility impairment, it could be because of a neurodegenerative disease or arthritis, pain, back injuries, knee and hip replacements, they all have kind of impairments in how they walk and we provide objective measures uh, so that rehabilitation specialists can have that data to help inform decisions with respect to treatments and rehabilitation. Fabulous timing with all these boomers who don't want to age, really. Yeah, and we like to think about, again, rehabilitation. And one thing that we're definitely passionate about as a team at StepScan is there's a huge problem with accidental falls. So Mm -hmm. the stats are really that somebody over the age of 65 uh, has about a 35% chance of falling. So basically one in three seniors over 65 will fall this year. Wow. That's a crazy it's a, statistic. It's a significant problem. Yeah. We can help. We are helping. And we can identify those high-risk fallers by looking at the irregularities in their gait and balance. So we do a really simple, quick assessment of their gait and their balance. And we can identify those people that probably should have a little more attention. Uh, or maybe assistive device, a walker, it came to help reduce the risk. So that's something we're really passionate about, something we're really focused on right now. Well, just think of the wait times for people to get hip operations or knee operations or if you're doing preventative stuff to stop them from needing that more drastic repair, like the healthcare system must be 
thinking, woohoo. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's pretty new, like this one particular aspect of it. So, um, you know, a lot of our effort right now is in the marketing and awareness of this new uh, use case for the technology. And, uh, yeah, it, it is really exciting. Um, and it's we really feel like we're helping, obviously, because the outcome of a fall is not great for the most part. Um, no. When somebody's incurred a fall, it's not always a great outcome. Um, well, and, of life is usually impacted. right. And sometimes just even the length of time a person remains down on the floor impacts the outcome of, of re- rehabilitation. Um, if they're living alone or, or have a certain situation where they fall in the middle of the night and their spouse doesn't know that they've fallen, the length of time that somebody can be on a floor is a long time. So to prevent that aspect too is very, very important, as you yeah, know. Yeah, you see more and more senior care facilities advocating for restorative care and uh, really trying to keep seniors mobile mm-hmm. and active. And kind of our mantra here at Stepcan is mobility is the test for healthy aging. Well, and you also, though, have a segment of your business that we connect with as well is the concussion world, which is also, sadly, to me, whether we're just diagnosing more of them or if the sporting events at younger ages have gotten more contact or or we're just a more aggressive society, I'm not sure, or more clumsy society, because I know my concussions have happened from clumsiness or inattentiveness. But that aspect of what you do, I think, is also fascinating. Can can you share more about that? Yeah, absolutely. We actually had a a researcher. So often we sell a turnkey system and researchers mostly will ask for some customization. So we had a researcher that was doing concussion research and probably the, uh, one of the most accepted uh, tools for assessing uh, concussion is called the BESS test, and BESS is an acronym for Balance Error Scoring System. And it is a subjective test, and they have the patient stand with their eyes open and eyes closed or on a piece of foam and off a piece of foam, and uh, they basically get them to stand for 30 seconds or a minute, and every time they themselves or they lift their arms in the air or they have to adjust their position because their balance is off and they're about to fall, it's considered to be an error. So it's really a subjective test and they get a score. And we've instrumented that in the step scan system. So you still have to count the errors. We video record them as well, but we also then allow, um, they get their center of pressure trajectory and their sway path and their distribution of pressure on both feet and so we just provide a lot of objective measures of what's happening between the foot and the ground mm-hmm. along with the subjective error score. Cool. So this gentleman is using it for research, concussion research, and just finding some really interesting things when you have, you know, I've heard it been said, like it's like having a, a dirty window and you clean it off and all of a sudden there's this data that you've just never had before and you start to see things that you just never even thought about. No, exactly. And... And concussions, um, they're a little bit of a, they're kind of like a ghost in the closet. Like you don't know, each person's individual 
buttons and and how their brain has been affected specifically and how their symptomology is going to present post-concussion. And it's really cool to be able to systematically see it like what you're doing to be able to monitor whether or not that balance aspect is a trend across everybody because some people are light sensitive some people are are mood oriented like there's just so many different ways that it can present but if everybody presents with balance issue then we're able to catch more people who are struggling with recovering from concussions and get them support i would think yeah there doesn't I'm not an expert in the concussion field, but from what I understand, there's not a lot of consensus with respect to the strategy for rehabilitation. Should you rest for two weeks with your eyes closed? Should you get right up and are there some core exercises that you should be doing? And if you have the choice of three different uh, treatment plans, what's happening in the brain? Patients can report the symptoms, but... Again, I, I'm a scientist. I, love, I like having data and objective measures. I just, what's happening with their center of pressure tra- trajectory? How much are they swaying? Is their swaying getting better? Is their swaying getting worse? Mm. I, I just think it helps guide, has to help guide the plan. Right, right. Well, and, and in my work, I see it sometimes, it still affects the person, even if they hit their head you know, 20 years ago, there's still some inflammation that can be stored in the body, depending on how the body responded to, to stresses at the time or stresses since. So it's, it's interesting to be able to, uh, I would even go back with the seniors who are, have a more opportunity of falling and see, did you clunk your head when you were a kid? Did you fall off the horse? Did you have whiplash? Did you like, I'd be curious to know if that history was there with some of these seniors to see if it's if it's just systemic inflammation that's stuck in there that's affecting one versus another anyway that's my scientist brain going oh let's connect some dots here (laughs) but you know people who had a fall and hit their head when they were younger might not even associate it with something that's happening later on so i do think you're on the right track because i went to um uh, an acupuncture no i was a chiropractor and it was because I had a, the TMJ, like, jaw. Mm-hmm. And they asked me in my intake form if I had ever had a, ever had a concussion or if I had ever fallen. And this is what did it for me. It said, wasn't it if you've ever had a concussion, and have you ever fallen and been knocked out? And I like, yeah, I have when I was a kid. And right away, it was like, oh, well, you know, we can't do these kinds of techniques unless you have a neck x-ray or you have an x-ray. So I forgotten. I never would have thought that I had a concussion, but I was definitely knocked out. Right. Right. Well, and we weren't throwing the word concussion around when we were kids. Like, it just wasn't a word. And now it is. So, you know, you got your your bell rung or or you saw stars or you got knocked (laughs) out or, you know, we just used groovy little descriptions. How bad was it? You know, like, did you actually lose consciousness or just see stars oh you just saw stars okay go out and play (laughs) yeah really yeah exactly so shifting gears a little bit crystal how does your intuition come to you 
you you are this beautiful scientist with that empirical brain but you we spoke a little bit before the podcast and you're saying that there's an opening up that's been happening in the last few years so how does your intuition come well i i think i've definitely been guilty of resisting intuition like when i make decisions and this might take 30 seconds or it could take a day i'm gonna what are the options what are the pros and cons of each option What's the, you know, what's the best course of action? And uh, I guess I could say that at the end of it, there always is that gut feel, right? So I've got all the analytical part of my brain satisfied, and I've narrowed it down to this, and then the gut has to jump in somewhere and help you at least weigh the difference, right? But I, I just think uh, as a scientist, maybe and, and a business owner and an analytical brain, um, intuition is definitely taking a backseat. And like we discussed before, I just think, I don't know, people get uh, a little bit older, wiser, you start seeing your kids grow up, and um, you have more experience in life, and you look back and you realize a lot of milestone moments or uh, significant events that have happened in your life have all, you know, contributed to who you are and uh, where you're moving forward to, and you just can't help but sit back and reflect on that. Exactly. And I think that that second generation inspires, and interesting I'm using that word, inspires us to turn on that spidey sense to protect them in some cases or warn them in advance. Because I, when, when I did A, B, and C, just like you're thinking about doing, this happened. So make sure you listen to your instincts. Every teenage client or tween that I see I'm like okay you're really good at listening to your instincts don't stop and the parents sitting in the room going listen to her (laughs) you know I'm not going to be hanging out with you minute by minute as you go through your teens please listen to her so I think there that's almost a um it's almost a parameter or not a parameter it's almost a tool that I think is given to adults to inspire them to reconnect because there's this stage i don't know if it's in our 20s and 30s where where the ego kicks in and we know best right like we we disconnect from our parent we gain our independence we disconnect from our parental guidance and we and we just go out and make all these mistakes (laughs) some of them are expensive some of them are relationships some of them are whatever and and then like you say this there's a timing when we're like, oh, life gets easier if we listen to our intuition. And, and that's usually when there's teenagers or tweens in our life, right? And so we're, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could skip the 20s and 30s like I did if you just stay listening. <laughs> yes. And I, I probably drive my kids crazy with uh, those reflective comments. Like, you know, you're I'm like, sometimes your biggest tormentor is your greatest teacher. <laughs> Exactly. 
Exactly. So how did your gut actually come to you when you're making those final decisions? Do you feel it? Is it words that pop in your head? Do you just know like, oh, that's the right decision? Like how does your, how does, how does your gut when communicate? I, in, I feel it. I know it. And, uh, and honestly, sometimes if I'm really thinking about it, that I really looking for that, uh, like, okay, gut, like say what you got to say here. There is a knowing, and it's almost like, I wouldn't say butterflies in my stomach, but that might be the best way to describe it. When I'm on the right path, I know, I just, I feel it in my gut, I, and, and sometimes literally butterflies. Cool. I love those things. It's like, okay, somebody else out there is going to have butterflies, and they're going to go, oh, yeah, I'm like her. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Um, I'm still balanced. Like, I, I still need to do that. In my head, I need to do the options, pros, cons, you know, strengths, weaknesses, best action to move forward, gut check. That's kind of the process. Cool. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that there's good reason for that because that helps you find all the holes that you may need to have a gut instinct about down the road, right? When you're looking at pros and cons and you actually go forward, you now have a map of what all those cons are that you need to dive deeper into with your empirical brain and your gut to make sure that you fill those holes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a cool process. So do you have any stories you'd like to share with us in terms of how things have rolled out with your gut instinct or any words of wisdom that if your kids were to listen to this in five years, <laughs> you want to share with them? <laughs> You know, I just, I do find um, maybe even just the last year allowing the more spiritual side of my personality maybe to come out. And though not that long ago, I, just busy, right? You own a business, you have kids that you're raising, and life is just busy, and everybody's kind of living that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things can get overwhelming, and uh, Probably, well, before COVID hit in February, March, I'm going to guess and estimate. I mean, I woke up from a dream. I woke up out of a deep sleep with live joy, like an audible voice saying, live joy. And I obviously questioned where that came from. Was that my subconscious? Was that my, my left brain, my right brain? But uh, it was a definite more than a little gentle nudge for me to take a look at where I was uh, investing my time and energy and to maybe refocus on my priorities. So it's been an interesting few months just with that. And I, the next day after I woke up and I, you know, got up to go about my day, I thought, what am I doing right now that I don't get any joy out of? Mm. And I do, I do sit on a lot of boards, and there was, there was one that I guess I knew that I wasn't a good fit for, and that day I resigned. Nice! I resigned from that board, and I just thought, this is the beginning, and this is the beginning, just live joy, live joy, and obviously we have to do things that we don't like, like, you know, maybe exercising and all the things that we need to do, eating healthy, that uh, we do because it's important, but... Um, when it comes to time and energy and priorities, I think live joy is a good philosophy. You need a bumper sticker. That's a perfect example. Oh, my gosh. How many people are doing stuff like 
you're bored and just muddle along like that's fantastic oh my goodness did you get rewarded for quitting it opened up my time to do other volunteer things that i feel that i can help uh, make a difference and provide you know just make an impact and did that bring you joy absolutely like i mean i'm uh i'm sitting on a biathlon pi board i started uh training for biathlon a year and a half ago two years i guess and Canada Winter Games is being hosted here at PI in 2023, and I know nothing about what happens to plan such a significant event. And sitting on the board of Biathlon PI is really amazing. I just, there are so many passionate volunteers in our communities that, I mean, these, these events just wouldn't happen without their cooperation and participation and think about how many events we've been to where they say we'd like to thank the volunteers i'm only now starting to realize yeah we really need to thank these volunteers because they put hours and hours and hours and hours of time into making this happen and uh, again i hear it said at all of these events where we're thanking sponsors and we're thanking volunteers but the words just don't convey the, the amount of time and passion that they put into it Absolutely. It's so true. And and it it typically volunteering for anything should bring joy to somebody because it's it is the proverbial thankless job because nobody understands or knows all the blood, sweat and tears behind the scenes that go on. So um, if you're volunteering right now for something that doesn't bring you joy, leave, make space for somebody that it will bring joy to and go find something that's going to bring you joy. It's, yeah, aligned more with, I'm mm. a learner, so for me, again, this opportunity over the next few years to learn about organized sports and and uh, what goes on into planning a race, and I'm just enthralled with all this stuff, and it's so different from what I do on a day-to-day basis in my business, so I, I find it quite fascinating. Well, and something that's been put on my radar is if we... If we learn something different, then it puts us in a creative space so that we can actually see the world differently and have uh, openings, whether it's in the synapses in our brains or whatever the case may be, that actually allows us to see and do things in our day-to-day life differently. There's, I don't know if there's a scientific data on that, but there's actually a thing. Like if you change how you move in the run of a day, it's going to bring new ideas to light, so to speak, new inspiration, new intuition on solving that problem. Right. So it's neat. I agree. And I, I try to, every time I meet somebody now, it wasn't always like this, but now when I meet somebody, I think right away, why are they here? And what am I going to learn from them? Cool. It's true, eh? Why do you cross paths? It's so neat. Like, why have you crossed paths? And what am I? What am I supposed to learn from you? Sometimes it could be good, sometimes it could be bad, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It's all learning. Yeah, absolutely. So true. Before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about how this evolution of of different books that we read and how that takes us down places and and we landed um even just talking about 
Chinese medicine. And I thought your, your insight into how the two, our, our Western and Eastern medicine working together was, was really insightful. So do you mind sharing that a little bit? No, not at all. It's just um, academically, my background is immunology and molecular biology. So I guess I understand Western medicine and the biology of, you know, physiology of the body, but through my, really through my sister. So my sister is a, you know, English major and a creative writer and a teacher, and she's um, a Reiki master. And I remember when she went into this training, I had no idea what she was talking about. I never heard of it, never been exposed to it, and kind of lights you up with, ooh, there's this whole realm of something that I know nothing about, so you head down that path. And this whole, just the more and more I think about it, and I have a lot of uh, colleagues and friends that are scientists and maybe just don't buy into it quite yet, Um, but I definitely have more of an open mind about it now than when I first learned about it. The more and more I read about it, I just realize, you know, hundreds, thousands of years of this energy meridians and and, uh, the studying and the mapping of meridians and uh, the fact that it's been in practice for all these years, I just really feel strongly at this point that not too long in the future, Eastern and Western medicine are going to be integrated and both have equal merit. Mm. Yeah. That's what I hope. Yeah, I think so too. I think when Western medicine can't explain something, Eastern medicine can. You know, there's no reason for that person to have a lung issue, but they've had so much grief in their life and sadness that there's the reason for the sadness and the lung issue. (laughs) So it's, I use it regularly in my practice and it, and it just marries up so nicely. So to hear you say that, I'm hoping it's like almost a premonition. So (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so excited about your inspiration of Live Joy because I firmly also believe that intuition leads us to a joyful life. So if you're incorporating more joy in your life just by listening a little bit more, then I hope that you will inspire others to do the same. So thank you so much today for all that you've shared, Crystal. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. 
be part of our community.